Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If I just sat down and said, you're beautiful, your hair's beautiful, she, you know, she would have heard that at home, but outside she's not always going to hear that. It didn't really deal with the issue. But by bombarding her sometimes subconsciously with the artwork and images and sounds and, and smells, like a lot of the time we're being bombarded with the negative parts of you know society so we it's almost like we have to counteract that and do it in the other way you are listening to the dope black moms podcast on today's podcast i am delighted to be speaking with charlotte francis founder of award-winning black dolls company bianca and friends and the young queens project welcome to the podcast thank you so much nina thank you great to have you here and we've been trying to get something in the diary for a while so i'm glad that we are finally doing this we have, yeah. No, I'm so um, honoured to come onto your podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. You are welcome. So, your daughter Callie had just started school, confident young black girl, and within a year of school, you notice changes in Callie. You notice behavioural changes, changes to her self-esteem. Um, she tells you she's being teased. She's unhappy. And then she says the words, mummy, I don't like my hair. Yeah. Oh, God, it makes me tearful now, actually. At, mm. at that moment, what were you feeling and thinking when you heard that? I think as soon as, um, you know, your child goes through anything like that, you instantly look at yourself and think, okay, where have I gone wrong? Um, you know, I haven't prepared her. Um, you know, what have I, what have I um, subconsciously instilled in her to make her feel this way? So, I think as a parent, it's natural for you just to think, you know, where have I gone wrong? Um, and they, that was my initial, you know, my initial reaction to it. And very quickly, I knew that I had to do something because um, I, I knew that what I had gone through at school. And growing up, I, I knew how I felt with regards to identity. And I probably was quite naive when I had Callie because um, I didn't grow up in, in London. Um, so I thought, right, growing up in London, she's going to be absolutely fine. Um, she's not going to have any of these identity issues. Um, but the area that we live in is predominantly white. And I just, you know, you know I naively thought, you know, she's going to be fine. And, you know, she's got a lot of black family and friends around her and you know she's quite integrated within the community but that wasn't enough um to stop her feeling the way that she felt it's heartbreaking so she came home and said she started wishing for straight hair yeah questioning why she was brown she'd fallen out of love with her natural hair I mean, what's the first thing you want to do seeing your daughter like this that would incite my mama bear i want to go out and get every single one of those kids in the playground and fly kick them just like that's my baby I mean what 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 did it what did that feel like when you seeing seeing your daughter like this oh I, I was heartbroken really because as a child as myself as a child I was very shy growing up very um I didn't have any confidence at all um, and I still struggle with that today to be honest with you but you know Callie was different when um she was uh, a lot younger she was you know confident 
you know, ready for the world. So when she started school, I was like, she's going to be absolutely fine. So my heart did break when she came home and her exact words were, mummy, um, I want my hair long and yellow. And she also started having this um, obsession with Rapunzel as well. You know, I want my hair like Rapunzel and to fall down. And obviously with our texture hair, it, you know, it grows up more than more than down. So it just... Mine grows up and out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was just this unhealthy um, obsession with like long blonde hair. Um, and obviously as a mum, you know, when when any other child picks on your child or you just you just want to go into the school and deal with it. But um, I'm also a teacher. So obviously I, I can't I can't do that. I'm not a teacher mm. at her school, luckily, but <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't go in. But I did contact the school initially and I thought, again, naively, you know, the school are going to be very helpful in this and help, you know, to, to deal with this issue. And they were just rubbish, to be honest with you. Um, I quickly realised that they weren't an ally and they weren't going to be on our side and that I had to take matters into my own hand. Um, and I think the turnaround of events that we did in order to kind of counteract this problem, I think, you know, reacting quickly to it was instrumental in turning Callie's um, self-esteem issues around, definitely. Yeah. And, and how long do you think it took for, for Callie's self-esteem, for her self-worth to really recover from, from those incidents I... from trauma like that? Um, so damaging. Yeah, no, it, it is so damaging. Um, and also, you don't, you know, when your child comes home and says those things, that's not the first time it's happened to them at school. You know, no. I, I'm not sure when it actually started. But, you know, from the moment that she told me, um, we put things in place and started working on both of our self-esteem, actually, because I realised there were still Amazing. issues that I had to deal with. Um, so what sort of things did you put in place? Okay, so initially I was um, I sought out a Pan-African Saturday school for her um, and we were on the waiting okay. list for a while but she eventually got in and that was instrumental definitely. So on a Saturday she'd spend four hours of black history lessons, um, cooking African and Caribbean foods, dancing. Amazing, amazing. I mean, I'd want to do that on a Saturday. Yeah, honestly, it was amazing. But I think the most important thing was not only was she learning about those things, but she was surrounded by children that looked like her and also teachers that looked like her as well. Um, so we, you know, I got her enrolled in that school. I was very lucky. We went for an interview. She got accepted. Um, I put up artwork around our home, Brilliant. especially um, celebrating black women. I, you yeah. know, I even got some commissioned and that's still up now. Just, I was just, I, I bombarded her basically. Yeah. We got books in, yeah. um, we started attending events. Great. I stopped straightening my hair. Awesome. And that's a game changer for you. Yeah, no, well, definitely. Um, up to that point, I just religiously straightened my hair. It just was a natural thing, you know. I didn't even think about wearing my hair in its natural state. I was just like, wash, blow, dry, straight. That, that was just my my routine. Um, yeah. So I, I was like, right, I need to stop straightening my hair now. And also I used to allow Callie, when I look back, I, I think now, why did I do that? But on like special occasions, she'd be like, oh, on my birthday, can I ha wear my hair straight? So I take her to the hairdressers and get her hair blow dried straight. And you don't realise at the time, but you're kind of promoting that, you know, straight hair is, you know, you know more professional or more um, more for special occasions. So I would allow her to do that. And all of that stopped. Um, right. And to the point now, she, you know, 
if I was to even get straighteners out, she would be like, what are you doing? (laughs) She would not allow that. That is brilliant. So you just bombarded her with these positive, empowering messages everywhere she went. You got it in the house, the music, the books, the dolls, everything. Even like pointing out. So when we'd go outside, it's like pointing out... um, you know, oh, that little girl's got her hair out and or, or if we're in the, you know, the shopping centre and we'd see like models on billboards and stuff, it's just pointing out, oh, look, she's got the same hair as you or wow, she, you know, she looks beautiful and, and things like that. And slowly but surely, um, she started coming around. And then obviously on top of that, we started our business as well. So she she is and was very intrinsic in you know, everything to do with the business. So that helped massively. Yes. As well. And that's what I was just about to say. What was the inspiration behind it, behind the anchor and friends? Yeah, well, it, it's it's Callie, really. To be honest with you, you know, if she hadn't have gone through what she'd gone through, I wouldn't have been so, um, I guess, aware and sensitive to the issue, even though I'd gone through things myself. But I think when you have a child and then it happens to them, I was like... It ignites something else in you. Yeah, that fire, like nothing else can. Yeah, it does. You know, Callie is my inspiration. But now, um, you know, it's every young child that looks like her. Um, It's, you know, I I didn't realise at the time that I wasn't just doing it for Callie. Um, She was the ignition, as you say. But now, you know, our our purpose and mission is a lot bigger than just me and her. Definitely. So so prior to Bianca and Friends, what were you doing? Um, So I am still doing it, actually. I I am. um, I'm a teacher as well. So um, I work with teenage girls. Um, I'm, I'm head of maths in a secondary school. And I I really believe in journeys and paths. Um, I didn't become a teacher for no reason. I mean, it was never an ambition of mine. I kind of just fell into it. But I now realise why I ended up teaching in an all-girls secondary school. Because, you know, even though um, our doll company is, is catered for, obviously, younger girls and younger children... I I see the other end of it. I see, you know, teenage girls that don't have any self-esteem because they haven't been through that process. So I think that has been really important in, you know, the things that I do um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And as a black woman, starting Bianca and Friends, walking into this industry that is completely, I suppose, alien yeah, from completely. Um, what were sort of challenges did you face? Any barriers um that you were facing starting the business yeah I think it's the barriers that probably plague our community on a day-to-day basis anyway um so I realized very very quickly that I would have to work harder to prove myself um especially you know when when it comes to stereotypes um you know businesses black owned businesses have a reputation for not being professional you know customer service is not very good so I knew that I would have to go above and beyond um especially in those areas and that is something that I do pride did you feel that weight on you then oh definitely you felt a weight on you going in yeah definitely Um, over and again, like I said, in the beginning, I was just, you know, doing this for my daughter. But it is quite a heavy burden to bear when you realise, actually, it's not just for myself and my daughter. Like, there's people looking on. Um, I think as a black woman in business as well, it sounds quite bad. But I think there's a lot of people waiting for you to fail. They, they, they um, mm-hmm. you know, they don't believe that it will work out. Yeah. 
I don't think anybody would say it, but it's always in the air, isn't it? It's always just unspokenly Definitely. in the air. You can kind yeah. of feel it. Um, I think finances as well, um, you know, and just not not having a background in business um, and not really having anyone around me that's that's in business. I had to learn a lot um, the hard way as well. I've learned a lot from so many mistakes, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Yeah, on the job. Yeah. <laughs> and and as you've developed the company, have you received any backlash or negativity to building a black doll business? Not really, actually. I mean, I was very, very wary going into this um, from a couple of angles, actually. Because I'm mixed race, I did have um, this fear um, of a backlash actually from the black community um, and I haven't actually op- openly spoken about this but that was a really deep fear of mine um, about doing this within the within the black community but I've been you know pleasantly pleasantly surprised actually that of you know the support I've received so they they were my own issues and you know past past difficulties I've had I think played into that but I've had amazing support amazing support from the black community. Good, good. I have those same fears being mixed and working on the dope black mums. I have the same, the same fears, the same fears. I'm so glad you felt supported because it's a yes. lot, it's a lot to take on doing your day job of teaching. And then this business, which is probably not a day job, obviously it's much bigger <laughs> than that. Um, whilst being a mum and all the many hats that you've got on so what keeps you motivated what keeps you going through through everything I I have a very good relationship an open relationship with my daughter Um, our communication is quite good and I always wanted to make sure that was you know going to be something that that remains in, in our relationship a good communication and because I've told her that x y and z is going to happen um i think that really keeps me accountable so when i'm having a bad day i just have to remember that she's watching um she's watching my every move um so you know that that keeps me going but also um i think working in the profession that i work in as well um a lot of my girls at school they all know you know about bianca and friends now and you know little comments from the children that's basically what it is it's little comments from the children um that really keep me going you know when we do events physical events which haven't happened for a while because of covid but the, the our next one is actually in two weeks time and just when we set up our stand our stall and then you know a little girl sees it and then how her eyes light up she runs over and she's like oh my goodness you know that really like you know that keeps me going so when I have those down That's days it. it's just and, I, and I've spoken about journeys and paths um, just before, but I always feel like, you know, when I'm having those really low moments, something gets sent my way to kind of pick me back up again. Yeah. Um, it, there always seems yeah. to be, you know, even if it's a, a small little thing, um, you know, it, it picks me back up and, and it's kind of like, right, remember why you're doing this and, you know, who totally. needs you basically. So. And, and, and you're so right when you're saying that you talk it out with Callie and she's watching oh, you, yeah. you know. Kids are picking up everything. Yeah. They are everything we model and show them. You know, how we um, handle mistakes, how we deal with frustrations, yes. how we solve problems, yes. how we take care of ourselves, yeah. how we navigate conflict, how we listen, um, how we approach differences. It's 
everything they are picking that up consciously and subconsciously so it's just it's 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 vital i suppose that you're just keeping it real and talking to her yeah mummy's having a stressful day or Definitely. this is what i'm trying to do or yeah i think that's really important i think if we pretend and um i'm trying to take this in myself if, if we pretend everything's okay it's confusing for them it is confusing. because you're kind of saying everything's okay but they can feel yeah. the tension because it's not okay <laughs> So they're just like, what? I can't quite can't, can't read what's exactly. happening. So I think it's really good that you said that of just she's watching. So let's take a moment to be honest. So they're going to go through their own frustrations. Obviously, everyone has their low moods and everyone has issues that they have to deal with in life. So no matter what age you are. So I think that's that's great to see that you're doing that. So what do you think your dolls are teaching young children? Um, well, first of all, I, I like to think that they're teaching acceptance and just normalizing um, Afro textured hair. Um, but another thing as well, I think in society, especially for, you know, black people that live in the Western, Western world, um, I think a lot of the time we feel like we have to tick a box. Um, you know, I'm this type of way. And especially for black women, I think there's this stereotype about black women. And it's like, this is how a black women should be when really there's so many other subsections and categories that you can fall into. And one thing that I, I did really want for the dolls was to teach young girls especially that they can be multifaceted so you know it's absolutely okay to wear your natural hair um but be professional um at the same time um you you, you know you might be going to your auntie's wedding at the weekend and be wearing traditional attire that's still you as a person you don't have to tick one box um and i, I really yeah hope and feel that that's you know one of the things that bianca um you know, displays that you don't have to box yourself in, basically, you can be all and everything at the same time. And that, again, is something that I struggled with growing up. Um, Gosh, what to say, that's a good life lesson. That is hard. I mean, I'm, I'm nearly 40. That's a hard lesson to, to yeah. get in and really live. That's, that's tricky. So the younger we can start thinking about those things and, and learning that. Definitely, because I think yes. as adults, like many of us, including myself, haven't quite figured that out yet or are struggling with those again it's just identity issues you know where do I fit where do I belong um, and like you say the sooner they um, are okay with that it just gets rid of a lot of those other you know factors that then cause issues further on down the line totally I mean I think the younger the better like it's mm. great to talk to very young kids about race and have that conversation in many different ways as early as you can mm. And how do you think play can be part of that conversation, talking about race? How do you think the dolls can, can I help I think with, that? with many things that um, children learn, it has to be done in a very subtle, unconscious way. Um, you know, and the best way to do that is through play. Um, and I think, you know, what myself and Callie went through um, is an example of that. Because if I just sat down and said, you're beautiful, your hair's beautiful, she, you know, she would have heard that at home, but outside, she's not always going to hear that it didn't really deal with the issue. But by bombarding her sometimes subconsciously with the artwork and, you know, images and sounds and, and smells, like, it just it overcome, you know, it, it's a lot of the time we're being bombarded with the negative parts of you know society so we it's almost like we have to counteract that and do it in the other way so with play um 
you know, like I said, it's, it's just another angle of bombarding our children with images of they're beautiful and they're accepted. And also for other children of other races of accepting and being tolerant. Um, it's not always, it doesn't always have to be spoken. Sometimes it can just be and then they... Totally, totally. It's so important to just like bombarding with positive representation. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yes. And why do you think it is so important for black children to see themselves represented in toys, games? crafts what do you think it does I mean, what would it have done for you growing up it would have made me feel accepted um included um and again when I think back to my own childhood I think the perfect example is over the summer my mum used to send us to a like summer play scheme when we were out of school and the one nearest to our house um myself and my sister were the only non-white children there and I never I I couldn't ever put my finger on it but I just didn't feel included ever I I couldn't articulate that I didn't know what it was at that point but I remember one summer my mum said right you're going to a new play scheme um it's called Apollo so she drove us there it was quite far from our house but she drove us there and when I walked in it was um it was owned and run by two two or three sisters with locks um and I walked in and the children just looked like me. Um, there was, I think there was um, like either Sanchez or Beres <laughs> Hammond playing in the back. Like it was just, I was just, I just felt accepted mm. in that home. And I, like, I think back to that and that is how our children need to feel. And again, it's not always, you know, an explicit thing. So being able to walk into a shop and seeing yourself represented is so, so important because it says yeah. that you're noticed. Someone has seen you, you're included in society. There's nothing abnormal about you or how you look. Totally. Um, and that, that's totally. why I, I think so it just helps you to think bigger and even bigger. If you can't see yourself yes. in politics or I don't know, medicine, or if you can't see the Obamas, you know, as a society, we could be losing out on the next thought leader, the next trailblazer. Um, And that's that's a loss for society. That's on the wider scale. That is such, such a great, great loss. That story you just explained, walking in there and hearing Barris Hammond, that just gave me shivers. You know, that's what we all want, isn't it? To walk in, feel loved, feel accepted, Know you're worthy, and it makes you stand taller, doesn't it? It makes you walk around, and and you, you you walk a bit taller, and then I could imagine yeah. 
for me and my journey with all of this, it, it makes you, it bleeds into everything. So you can maybe go and ask for that promotion. You can maybe go and shoot for the stars and get that job you never would have even put your, your hat exactly. in for because you believe you can do it. But if you can't see it and you don't feel it, you're not even going to put your, your hand in the ring. And um, that's heartbreaking to think of, of all those that mm, have lost that. And also, like I said, I'm not sure how old you are, but we're having this conversation, like I said, I'm nearly 40. So all that time where you could have been just living a fuller life. Yeah, exactly. And just knowing the, like you say, opportunities that are out there and seeing yourself in those positions. Even recently, I've never had aspirations to be like a head teacher yeah. or anything. Um, and then over the last year, um, in within my borough, we've had the first, in my school, the first black female head, well, first black head teacher within our whole borough she's just joined in the last year and again instantly I was like oh like you do I could do this like and 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 I I, I could there you go and that's you as a grown woman who's conscious who's awake exactly and you you need to see it you know and that's that is exactly what diverse toys games crafts dolls are doing for for black children and all children is I think it's important you know, I think white parents mm. need to be conscious of having diversity in their in their toy chests too. I think it's as important. A hundred percent. It's so important. Yeah. So dolls so and important. art supplies, they all come in a wide range of different tones. Um, and that's kind of an obvious way to include diverse toys. But are there any other areas of play that you think parents listening, they could be thinking about? Um maybe musical instruments, toy kitchens with different ranges of food, anything that else that you think um, we could yeah. think about? I think the the food thing that you've just picked up on, because um, I don't know about you, but in like the corporate world, you know, when you take your food in, um, you know, into the, and they're like, <laughs> oh, what's that? Or, oh, what's, you know, I do, that, yeah. like sometimes they yeah. turn the nose up. Sometimes they're really intrigued and want to taste it. Like, it's just I think yeah. it's just about normalizing how other cultures live um and it's things like you know yeah role playing with you know instead of just having I don't know tomatoes and cans of beans they're the ones I can remember from you know the, the little toy play you know have a yam in there or yes. planting you know um just yeah yeah and then exactly. it opens up the conversation doesn't it then you can start exactly. talking about it I totally agree. I, I remember those awkward moments of taking your what your lunch into work <laughs> and it being yeah. curry goat, or like you know the bright yeah. yellow curry goat. So you're like Tupperware yeah. stains, um, yeah. all of that, and just people just be like, "What, what are you eating? Oh, goat! Yeah. What are you eating?" Yeah, I remember. Gosh, I remember those conversations at all my jobs as you know as a teenager. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good shout. Thinking of different interactive play so maybe different musical instruments that can start conversation if you've got a toy kitchen different ranges of foods or even different um cooking utensils anything that again that could start could start conversation it all builds empathy oh definitely it? it all builds compassion and and those are the key key elements that i suppose i'm looking for to build in myself and i would love to try and build up in my children so they can try and put themselves into someone else's shoes, see see, see other points of view, other worldviews, um, so we can really connect. Yeah, and I think that's, um, 
where travel comes into it. You know, when you meet someone that's traveled, they're a completely different person. They're open-minded, um, tolerant, accepting. Um, yes. So if we can yes. mimic that earlier, you know, in our children, you know, we don't always have the um, yes. capacity to always be able to travel, but, you know, in knowing diverse people and being around diverse communities, you get to bring that travel kind of to home, if that makes sense. So it's never too early. Totally. And even if, yes, even if we don't have the funds, you know, we didn't always have the funds mm. to go on holiday but there's things you can do just walking to the supermarket you can point out different foods you can you know brush up on your basic Spanish or French and like (laughs) this is I don't know leche milk in Spanish or whatever you want but just ways to kind of start you know that's that's free to Mm. to do that you know it's not gonna gonna harbor so I can see how it definitely builds empathy and I think playing with diverse toys can also encourage compassion, confidence. Um, I think it's really important to be able to see yourself as the lead, not the sidekick. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, when you when you have your dolls and they're the main, they're the hero, not the best yeah. friend, um, again, I think that that makes you stand a bit taller. That, that opens up your thinking space, your sphere of thinking to it think. Does. It does outside your surroundings um and it's exactly why i mean we've we're expanding at the moment on the business um we're actually um in production with a a bianca animation with her she's the main character her at the center um and that was the thinking behind that as well you know to have a you know the main character is a is a little black girl with her you know her black family around her and that is what the show is about um Again, like you said, when it's not always about being the sidekick or, you know, the, the friend on the side. Honestly, that sounds that sounds brilliant. And just the more shows, songs, books, videos, animations, it, it all helps and it all helps to normalise. It all helps to um, just empower yeah. our children. Yeah. So what would you like to say to any parents with children who might be struggling um, who are being maybe racially abused or teased for the way they look from you know from the experiences that you and Callie have had? Yeah, I I would say definitely move quick, act quickly. Um, that was definitely something that I'm glad I did in the beginning, and also um, just be aware that not everyone will support your journey as in like the school I just naively expected the school you're going to have to do a lot of the work yourself um and not just you know with the topic that we're talking at hand I know a lot of parents of um special needs children they they have to go down this route as well not you know the school's not always behind them the you know the authorities are not always behind them a lot of the time you have to do so much of the hard work yourself um and that is what I found and I think just immersing your child um, in, you know, people, um, things, um, events that represent them in in whatever that may be is so important for them to feel included. So I would definitely, definitely um, promote doing that because for for Callie, it was was life-changing, really. I I can imagine. I think it's so vital that we continue the work at home and we we embed it in home and, and if we say we're going to do something to our child actually follow through because again definitely they're they're watching and they're aware so 
it it does take work, doesn't it, to, to push on through. It does it really take work does. to go to the school and have these conversations. And it plays into your own insecurities. I don't want to be that mom. I don't want to be that black militant mom. I don't yeah, exactly. Mom. But um, I think we have to push through those fears as well and just do it. And again, I say this, it's easy to say. I know it's hard to do, to even find the space, the time, the mental capacity. Oh, so difficult. But I think we have to. So difficult. Yeah, and I think also being aware that it may bring up you know your your own personal traumas and things that you've been through that you haven't you know haven't yet addressed um that definitely happened with myself as well so you know as much as it was Callie's journey it was definitely mine as well yeah and what have you learned from your mini CEO (laughs) I've definitely like, like I said before she's so much more confident than I ever was I am now really um she has taught me to say yes first and then worry about the emotion afterwards so you know public speaking yeah public speaking is not my forte at all like you know I will be sweating feeling sick you know heart palpitations but within this journey she's had the opportunity to do that um you know public speaking and I've just said you know if my 10 year old daughter and I think at the time probably you know eight year old daughter can get up and speak on a stage in front of people and say yes to it without, you know, any hesitation, even though she's told me she's scared, then I have to do that as well. So a lot of the time she's leading by example. Um, you know, I've, I've learned so much from her and from being a mum as, you know, as we all, as we all do. And I think in having children, it, like you said before, it just ignites something else in you. I don't think I would have pushed through with half of the things that I've done if I wasn't a mother, basically. So, yeah. Totally can relate to that. And you briefly <laughs> touched on your animation. What's what's next yeah. for Bianca and Friends, for the Young Queen Project, everything they've got going on? Yeah, so um, there's, there's so much going on. <laughs> um, the animation is the next thing, and it has been... Um, again I know nothing about animation but I've had to learn on the job again Um, I've had some amazing opportunities you know I've I've flown abroad to get the team together that I have Um, unfortunately Covid has put us back quite a bit with it Mm. Um, you know we were on an amazing role um, but there has been some difficulties there but you know in the very near future I'm hoping that we will have um, you know that pilot episode out it's you know it's there but not not quite yet Um, with regards to the Young Queens project, so that's like the mentoring that I do with my teenage girls. Um, again, you know, because I do so many things, it it does it does drain me emotionally, but it's probably the highlight of my week, um, working with the girls that I work with. Yeah. Um, I've actually just finished with my current year 11, so I'll be thinking about taking my next ones on. So, you know, future-wise with um, YQP, it's thinking about... Um, expanding that to outside of my my school and outside of you know the the girls that I'm you know in contact with but again that's a bit of fear on my part I think of opening myself up I'm just taking that next step you know the wider exactly um and then with my tutoring services um you know I, I do math tuition um preparing for GCSEs and I've recently again stepped over my you know, my boundaries. Um, I've, I've pushed myself past my boundaries to open that up more, um, which, you know, is currently going 
that's currently going quite well. So I have plans with regards to the tutoring platform as well, just by the end of the year to have that and Bianca and YQP as my main focus and kind of being able to slowly transition out of traditional teaching in a school and just then having the time to invest properly into, you know, all of the other things I'm doing. So they're, they're the immediate plans for this year, really. Oh, that is amazing. And, and well done, honestly. I hear you talking and it sounds so easy, but I know it's not. Pushing through those fears that can almost, <laughs> I mean, for me, can sometimes be crippling and paralyzing. Oh, definitely. It, 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 it does take courage and again if you are maybe the first in your family or there's no one else that's been in business and there's no one to look to for advice um it's radical what you're doing you know and and everyone around you is watching and we are being inspired and Callie is seeing that so it just I just want to take a moment to salute you because I know I know how difficult it can be I know how it it can cripple me so just amazing that you are getting up thank you doing this every day it's 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 brilliant. Thank you. And to you too, you know, Dope Black Mums, having those safe safe spaces to be able to, you know, relate to people going through the same things is so, so important. Um, and I think as long as, as long as as a community, we are coming together and offering, you know, these spaces. So, you know, I'm dealing with children um, at a very young age, up until teenage years, but then you're continuing that with Dope Black Mums, you know, as, as you, as you transition into adulthood. So I think it's having that supportive community hand for your whole lifetime journey. That's going to be life-changing for, for our children. Totally. And maybe just having it there, like, I know you're on the WhatsApp yes. group and for months I sometimes don't speak or might kind of add in a, yeah, this looks cool. Thanks for sharing. But actually instigating conversation, <laughs> I don't speak. and may just go and speak on the Facebook group because mm. it's just nice to know it's there. And whether that's oh, black moms or any space, definitely. if this is, you know, anybody listening, it's just a WhatsApp group. You can start this on your own. It's free to do anybody that you trust and love that you truly trust. You know, it, it's an easy thing to do. But it's so useful. It's so vital, isn't it, that you have a space to yeah, offload and be unfiltered and be yourself wholeheartedly. And even if you Definitely. just see others doing it, like I said, I may not speak all the time, but just a space to yeah. know that it exists. And I'm I'm the same with with the WhatsApp group, as we mentioned before. I don't always get to participate, but it is yeah, like you say, just inhaling mm-hmm. you know what Ingesting is going it. on that that is sometimes helps totally, yeah. totally. so how can we stay connected with everything you're up to um it's probably best I mean on on Instagram um I'm most active on there so that's Bianca and friends and Bianca is spelled b-i-a-n-k-h-a so she's named after the Egyptian onk um that's why it's spelled that way Beautiful. um so I'm most active there um, with regards to the dolls and then the tutoring um, is tutor info so t-u-t-a-l-l info at gmail.com um, but I'm always open to I have quite a lot of people that like dm me especially with regards to Bianca and friends um, like asking for advice or you know I'm, I'm always open to to DMs, you know, DMs are and emails and yes brilliant. they are <laughs> I'll, I'll put all the links in the podcast notes as well and also just brilliant that you chose that spelling that's brave you know and not choose the um maybe simpler spelling um I think it's yeah. great to go with that because again it gives people confidence 
anybody that has traditionally what people might say is tricky names or anything like that it's just good to see it's really really good to see yeah no and, and it normalizes you know it black again. history yeah black history is something that needs as we all know needs to be more intrinsic in in everything that we do so you know the, the dolls touch upon that the animation touches upon that as well so um yeah it's it's just an all-round um embodiment um, embodiment sorry of of who we are and where we've come from and where we're going oh that is just i could hear that every day that is just brilliant <laughs> thank you so much for for your time today and sharing so openly really appreciate it and it's um Anybody listening, <laughs> if you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please just search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And you can follow us on the socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Dope Black Mums. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 